next on VIC. Noon to one, it's the place to be. Talking sports with the MVPs. That's Miller, Vicari, and Pizzanti. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, whatever you need. The MVP show where you need to be. Sports radio on VIC. That's MVP Sundays on VIC. That's MVP Sports Talk Radio VIC. This is the MVP show in studio for the last time in this semester. We have a lot of sports to talk about, but before that, I'm John Vicari alongside... I'm Brandon Miller. And I'm Dan Pizzani. Yeah, and uh, we're in May, boys. John, you got some energy today. I'm I'm hyped. (laughs) Let's go. I do. I'm excited. I think we have a good show for the next hour here on VIC Radio as well as on YouTube. We, We have a lot to talk about, Brennan. A lot to talk about. We have a guest coming up at 1230. We have a, a guest that's a little more personal to yeah, you coming no, up at 1250. You keep saying that, and I don't know what it means. Okay? okay, You won't tell me who this guest is, and I have a feeling I know who it is. Yeah. Um, I guessed yesterday, and I got uh, some kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you just won't tell me anything, and no. I really don't appreciate it because I feel Sorry. like I'm a valued member of the show, John. No, absolutely. And I feel like I should be in the loop. I, I think I'm doing it because it's, you know... I. I don't want to hurt your feelings, obviously, but I, th- I think it'll be hurt better this feelings. way than if it's if it's announced beforehand. Because this is your last show in studio, not to get too emotional right away. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I am a senior. <laughs> yeah. Well, three-year senior, yeah. so this is technically my last show in studio. It won't be my last show, um, and hopefully it won't be my last show, you know, ever. Uh, no. That's that's obviously the goal. Um, but here in the in the VIC studio, yeah, uh, this is, this is going to be it for for old B Dog. I know. It's sad stuff, man. It really is. I'm not one to get, like, super sentimental. Um, just because a, a lot of... Uh, I, I think a lot of things that I do is, like, like an ends to a mean where, like, I'm trying to get to a, you know, another point. And uh, obviously the things that I do help, con- help contribute to that um, and get me to the places where I need to go. Um, so I don't get super sentimental all the time. But, you know, this one, this is a, this is a freshman year original. Uh, the, the three of us, obviously, uh, Nick for those two years prior and then us just kind of... Just jumping on our ourselves and being able to take care of this is obviously, you know, meant a lot to me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it right now. Though. Yeah, I'm gonna say we're gonna, gonna get right a little teary eyed. Getting a little teary eyed. <laughs> it's alright. Uh, I'll still get you emotional, just a different kind of way right now because yeah, we're no, gonna. Thank you. I appreciate that, John, <laughs> so Cause, much. Because we're gonna talk a little NFL draft, and obviously we're gonna give you the local perspective, my Giants, the Jets, and Dan's Bills as well. But I think one of the main storylines coming out of night one of the draft, and really that whole day. Not even that night, just the day in general, was, of course, the situation regarding the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Because it came out earlier this week that he's not happy there and that no matter what, because obviously the team has the rights to bring him back in in Green Bay, but he doesn't want to play. Trade me, keep me regardless. I'm not playing next year. Those were the reports. Now, obviously, yesterday he was at the Kentucky Derby and he sort of just, you know, whisked aside. And he he, looked uh, great, by the way. He did. He did. He did look phenomenal in his glasses. I like Brady in his hat a little more, but uh, <laughs> but in terms in, in in terms of uh, looks among NFL quarterbacks, not skill right now though, and and that's a reason, Brennan, that I'm sure you are very annoyed at, and I know you're very annoyed because I saw your reaction to it. The Packers <laughs> had a late pick in the first round, and they decided to go with cornerback Eric Stokes. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, they needed a cornerback. I will say that. Uh, yes. Should they have taken one with their first-round pick, uh, especially with Elijah Moore still on the board, uh, who will now be 
wearing the <laughs> the green and white as a member of the New York Jets who had taken mm-hmm. early second round. Um, they shouldn't have taken a corner in the first round. They did. I wasn't overly happy about it. He also wasn't... I, I'm, I'm a big getting into the draft guy, so I, I, I watch a lot of... I don't watch a ton of film, but... You know, I, I pay attention to what the experts are saying because I figure they get paid to do that, so uh, their opinions probably matter a little bit. Um, he wasn't really the best available cornerback on anyone's board, mm-hmm. so even at that point, it kind of threw me off. But uh, yeah, the Packers are just, just as an organization, mm-hmm. not really killing it right now, huh? Kind of, kind of, whoo. I will say, the first day of the draft, I was wearing my Green Bay Packers sweatshirt. And then, of course, all the news came out about the fact that the Packers have been treating their franchise quarterback uh, so wrong for so long. Think of that. I could write songs. And the sweatshirt immediately came off because this franchise wow. is mm, kind of being a dirtbag. <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, like the franchise itself. Aaron Rodgers is, is a top five quarterback of all time. Talent-wise, he's a guy that knows how to lead. He's a guy that any team, literally any team, would be so thankful to have and and you're going to go out and you're not going to give him the money he wants i understand this year he's taking a 37 million dollar cap hit which is big i'm not going to lie like no team is going to want to have that kind of money on their on their cap but at the same time like the dude he's he's been in your organization for 16 years he's proven that he can go out and win he's won a super bowl yes it was only one um but a lot of that has to do with the coaching prior to to uh our our boy lafleur Yes, he's gone out and, and he's proven that he can be a quarterback. So why a quarterback that you can succeed behind? So why would you not give him the money that he needs? Why would you not give him the weapons that he needs? The, I, I went back and looked. The Packers have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round since 2002. Javon Walker went, and yes, he was a Pro Bowler at one point. I believe as a return man, not even as a wide receiver. So. The, the Packers just don't give any weapons. Like, I was going through and, and reading. The, the last time the Packers took an offensive skill player in the first round of the NFL draft was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It was, it, like, other than Jordan Love last year. But, obviously, he has not played at all, um, and they traded up for that one. But the last time they took a, an offensive skill player in the first round was Aaron Rodgers in 2005. They have not gotten him any weapons. I think the stat that came out last year was the fact that um, – Last year was the first year that he had actually thrown a touchdown pass to a first-round uh, weapon, which was Mercedes Lewis, not even a Packer, uh, not even drafted as a Packer. He was drafted as a Saint, or as a Bear, I believe. Um, and then the Packers picked him up in free agency. The, the man's been in the league. He's been consistently starting in the NFL for 13 seasons, three years behind Favre, 13 years starting, and you can't get him any first-round talent to actually throw the ball to? Like, I get it. Yes, the Packers have gotten lucky. They've had Jordy, Randall Cobb, uh, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings. Like, they've had a bunch of wide receivers who weren't first-round picks who panned out and were very, very good for the time that they were. They were. Uh, I'm, see, I'm, I meant to say Devontae Adams there as well. Um, but they've had a bunch of guys that they didn't pick in the first round that ended up being great wide receivers. But at the same time, you have to go out and you have to invest in your quarterback. The quarterback is the most important position on the field. We know that we've said it for years and years and years. And the Packers have just gone out and they have not done anything, anything to help bolster the offense behind Rodgers. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me why you would be willing to lose a generational type quarterback. Um, 
and and it is just very very irritating to watch as a part owner of the Green Bay Packers. I don't know why you don't consult me on these things. As you are, and Dan, you want to get in on this and just what the Packers are doing because you have a quarterback, and obviously we'll talk about the Bills picks a little later. But you have a quarterback in Josh Allen, in which the Bills went out and last year they got a guy like Diggs to help them, and obviously the Packers do have Devontae Adams, but he had an opportunity in two straight drafts to get an offensive piece in the first round, and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just huh, Packers fans. I I know, I know. I I I don't really. It's one of those situations where what do you say with Aaron Rodgers? You know, um, I, I guess we'll see uh, what, what's end, what ends up happening um, there. Obviously, he's voiced his opinion on uh, how he feels. Um, but th- they had an opportunity, and, and like Ren said, they, they have not done that. Um, they have not done what, what they could have done to, to keep Rodgers happy, to, to do a number of things. Um, so we'll... We'll we'll see how it goes. You know they had that opportunity, and this is the choice that they had. So, uh, you know, every partial owner and fan of the Packers certainly has the right to be upset right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, you have a franchise quarterback. You want to put pieces around it, and you uh, think, yeah, you, you think, you think. And the Giants, and I know you're probably gonna scoff at this, Brandon, but the Giants think they have a franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, and they helped put pieces around him in the 2021 NFL Draft. A pick in which was supposed to be 11 and then traded down to 20 after really a magnificent trade with the Chicago Bears. Sure, you give up that 11 spot, and there was other teams that picked maybe players that could have fit the Giants' scheme this year, but you get a pick for next year in 2022 in the first round, and depending where the Chicago Bears are in terms of the standings is where the pick will be, though I don't think anyone's picking them to win the NFC North this season. But in terms of getting a weapon... You got one in Kadarius Tony. Obviously, if you followed the show the last two weeks, you know that I wanted Devontae Smith badly. Yep. I was excited when Brennan in his final mock draft had an Alabama receiver because even if it wasn't Smith, I wanted Waddle as well, and the Giants didn't get either. But Tony is right below them in terms of level, in terms of ranking. It wasn't that much of a separation. Obviously, I think Devontae Smith, as I've said, is getting... Just, I think, too much nitpicking on him because of the fact that he was a Heisman Trophy winner and everyone wants to look at the height and look at this. I think he's going to be an absolute stun. Again, the reason I wanted the Giants to get him. Unfortunate that he's going to Philadelphia and he will be an Eagle and he's going to torch the Giants for the next five to ten years, possibly, which is unfortunate. But overall, if you told me I wasn't getting Devontae Smith but getting a weapon at less money with the 20th pick and getting a first-rounder for next year— I think overall it was a good draft for the Giants. And we can go through the rest of the picks. They needed linebackers. They got one in the second round in Aziz Odoari and then a linebacker, Ellerson Smith, an easier name for me to say, in the fourth round. So they addressed that need. They addressed the cornerback need, Aaron Robinson out of Central Florida. And then they got a running back, which I wasn't actually a fan of. I I really don't understand it. I want (laughs) – yeah, I mean – you're never going to really hear anyone complain about their team getting a skill player, and I know, Brennan, I don't think you would be either yeah, no. if, the, if the Packers got a running back or got a receiver. Um, but, you know, Gary Brightwell out of Arizona, sixth-round pick. We'll see what he could do. Obviously, the Giants uh, recently let Wayne Gallman walk in terms of not signing him back, which was unfortunate because he was really the main runner last year, even though the Giants went through free agency and got a guy like Devontae Freeman, it was Wayne Gallman who late in the season was getting these important carries after Saquon Barkley was injured at the beginning of the year. So hopefully he's someone in the future. I, I never knew about him, obviously, and there was those first-round running back talents. It wasn't a running back depleted draft, but uh, in terms of the Giants pick, and 
<clears throat> we just talked on the running backs. We just talked on the cornerbacks and skill position. I understand right now the Giants do have five starters in place for offensive line, as do most teams in the NFL, but they have five that they're confident in. It doesn't hurt in these late rounds to pick up another offensive lineman, in my opinion. Even if you think it's going to be they're going to be a backup this season, the Giants' injury history on the offensive line the last two seasons has not been great. And the offensive line that's really only adding Nate Solder, who was uh, opted out of last season, to the left tackle position, this Giants' old line did not impress anybody last year. It was pretty just average. Jones obviously had less sacks and less fumbles given up because it was better protection from his rookie season, but not by much. A lost game early in the season was the Cowboys due to a fumble. Versus Chicago early in last season was due to a fumble that got Chicago in territory to kick a field goal. And the Giants lost by four in that game. So it did matter. And the number one, you want to, number one thing you want to do, because you can give your quarterback all these options, running back, receiver, if they don't have time to develop a run game with an offensive line or give the quarterback time to make the throws, your offense is done anyway. So I'm not saying they should have went with a first-rounder because that's obviously what he did last year with Andrew Thomas. But when you're picking a second linebacker or a running back in these late rounds, I would have liked an offensive lineman. Yeah, I think offensive line is always a position that you can kind of go to uh, when you don't really have anyone else to draft. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, that you never, it's, it's one of those positions where you can never have enough offensive linemen because you're always going to have injuries. Uh, those are guys that consistently get hurt uh, time and time again. Um, but again, John, you mentioned it. You're never going to get me saying that picking a, uh, a skill player is a bad idea because uh, you really never know who are, who's going to be good. Like, I mean, you take a look at last year, and the only reason I know this is because I was just looking at what wide receivers and skill players were taken after the Packers picked at 26. Or, or, yeah, 26. Um, James Robinson went undrafted last year and then went and ran for over 1,000 yards. So... You, they're guys that can develop, and you, and you never know. Meanwhile, linemen, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, you can draft a lineman and say, oh, this guy can pass block, this guy can run block, but he can't really do one or the other. Or, you know, he's a big guy. He's six foot eight. He's 330 pounds. He's, he's got, you know, like they say in the blind side, a wide ass, and then he can play left tackle, but he's, he, he's not a talent. Like, he's a specimen, but you can develop him into a lineman. And, and that you know what you're getting when you draft linemen. I, I just like uh, playing a little bit of, uh, of a risky, riskier game and maybe going for those late-round running backs, wide receivers, guys that you never know how they're going to develop personally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Dan, any thoughts on the Giants picks before we go to your Buffalo Bills? Well, um, I, th- I think the Giants, you know, I think you said it. <laughs> you can't okay. really be upset with too yeah. many of those things. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Giants had a had an interesting season last year, and um, they have some holes to fill, which I think they they're looking to do. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Your your thoughts on the Bills picks? We'll talk on Jets after as well because I we can go a little more extensive with that and close out this draft segment. But gotta recognize the Bills <laughs> replenishing this roster, getting better, and trying to get back to the AFC Championship and more this season. Well, like you said, you know, you take offensive line when you don't have much else to take, and Buffalo took a few of those in the third round. They took Spencer Brown um, in the fifth round. They took Tommy Doyle. Um, but but uh, overall, Buffalo, you know, they they really did I think take the best player available that they believed in some situations. I mean, their first round pick was Gregory Russo out of Miami. That's defensive end, and defensive ends are not something that Buffalo is really starving for. But I'm uh, I mean, hey. Well, they'll take it. Um, they took those their first two picks. You know, they took Gregory Russo and uh, Boogie Basham out of Wake Forest. Big fan of that name right there. <laughs> um, so you know, Buffalo added some some players that I think that they think 
are, are really solid. And at the end of the day, I mean, when you when you're in the AFC Championship game, I think that's that's what you want. You know, uh, obviously, if someone can step up and find a starting role and maybe you know fit in that offensive line when someone goes down, obviously that's that's what you hope for. Maybe on the defensive end, but um, I really have no complaints um, out of the Bills draft. Um, I don't. I haven't heard too many people that are really, con- uh, you know, complaining about it on Twitter or things like that. Um, you know, they made a few trades. They they, made, they took some good players, and um, uh, yeah, I feel like the story of the Bills draft is that they just kind of drafted. You know, mm-hmm. they just did what they had to do. Absolutely, and there's a you know retrospective on the Bills draft. We're going to touch on the Jets now, and just to close out this segment because it's honestly not as fun when we usually do it during the season, especially this past football season. We're talking oh, yeah. about the Jets. Because they nailed this. Yeah. I mean, uh. there's not a bad pick that they made in terms of the need. And I guess that's what happens when you're a team with a lot of needs. But you got the quarterback that you wanted at number two. Lawrence went number one, obviously. And they wanted Zach Wilson. They scouted. And it shifted. And obviously, you can go back to last week's episode and look at Brennan's mock. And really, these quarterbacks, because it's anyone from Trey Lance to Mac Jones to Justin Fields, were in that two spot as well. But the Jets felt that Zach Wilson was the best option, the best for their system going forward. And they made that pick. And then they trade up as well, just like New York Giants trade down. The Jets trade up, and they get an offensive guard or tackle in Tucker. He could play both, I believe, right? Yeah. So they got a versatile offensive lineman who they originally wanted with the 23 pick, the 23rd pick, and got. So, you know, and with trading and with helping another team and getting some picks for next year, and obviously they're giving away some picks as well, but in terms of reading the draft and reading how it was going to go, Vera Tucker might not have been on the board for that long, and you nab him, and now you got someone to protect your quarterback and your franchise quarterback in this draft. Now, obviously, we're putting it in terms that just mean, oh, this is this is great, and obviously both these players cannot possibly work out, but this is a great stepping stone for the Jets, and then you look at the rest of their draft. They got two Michael Carters, which is hilarious. So funny, and one of them is the second. Yes. The I'd, second one that they drafted is Michael Carter the second. Yeah, and the best part, one's from Nor- uh, from Duke, the cornerback's from Duke, and the running back's from North Carolina. Yep. That's hilarious Amazing. to me. But that's they decided to go with two Michael Carters, and they got some help in the secondary as well, which if you watched any Jets football, you know was something that they needed to address. And they got a receiver in Elijah Moore in the second round, who was a first-round talent in a lot of mock drafts out of Ole Miss. So overall... And I know it's, you know, maybe not the answer that people want to hear and they want to look at us and look at the local teams and say they missed on this draft. The Jets didn't. And if I were to rank in terms of, and obviously it's my team, but if I were to rank who had the better draft day, it goes Jets, Buffalo, and then the Giants, honestly. Because the Giants did make a smart, impressive trade, but they still missed on Devontae Smith, who no matter what Dave Gettleman tells you, no matter what uh, some Giants beat writers might say in terms of their reporting when they ask these people, I think that the Giants did want Devontae Smith. The Eagles under, undercut him, or undercut the team, I should say, for him. And, you know, the Giants had to sort of adjust from there. Even though they made, a, I think, a very smart uh, trade, the fact that they put Tony at 12. Uh, they drafted Tony at 20. Mm-hmm. A little tough go. for me to say. There you go. Tongue twister. That's, that's a reason why I thought that going into this draft, they did want Devontae Smith, and when he was available, at 11, really, like, or at 10, or a pick before yours, you, uh, if you're the Giants, you're, you regret not taking him and hope he doesn't kill you the next couple of years. So that's where I'd rank him. I don't know about you. Obviously, I put the Packers last, right, Brian? I mean, the Packers still needs. <laughs> like, like I, the one thing they got lost in my entire little rant there is that the fact sure. that the Packers in the, in the first three rounds took cornerback, uh, offensive tackle, 
and wide receiver. They ended up they drafted a wide receiver who is also Rodgers, but a Rodgers by the way. So regardless, we will have a at least one uh, a Rodgers on the team next year. Um, but but very good, very very good. And and I think the Packers filled the needs that they needed. Did they do it in the correct order? Uh, that's where I think the question kind of comes. I think there's more value in getting a first round wide receiver. But again, like I mentioned, uh, skill players can can be guys who who you never know how they're going to be. And maybe a, a guy you draft in the sixth round is going to be a star. Um, but I, overall, I think they did very well um, drafting-wise. I just think they did it in the wrong order. Okay. So I, I don't feel terrible, to yeah. be completely honest with you. If, if I had to give it a grade, maybe a, maybe a B plus. I mean, okay. you'd like to see a wide wow. receiver taken in the first round. But other than that, I think that that uh, they, they didn't draft terribly. Okay. Just in round one, night one was terrible. Yes. No, okay. no, no. no. Yeah. Especially, I think I think that was more in the fact that Obviously, we didn't know where they were going to go in rounds two and rounds three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of the the thought process of why would you leave so many good wide receivers on the board? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of the the issue at the time. Uh, but seeing how they ended up finishing that off, I think that it that it works. And the Packers have been a team that historically drafts very, very well. Um, they've had to because they don't sign free agents. I mean, I think the biggest free agent that they signed um, last year didn't even play. It was the wide receiver from Carolina. I forget his name. Um, but like they're not a team that goes out and signs big names like they they signed reggie white and he was the last big guy big huge free agent that they actually had a chance at and like they they there was a lot of talk about them signing jj watt but of course that didn't that didn't result either um but no they historically drafted very well and they drafted very well um again maybe just in the wrong order so there you go, our thoughts on the NFL Draft. If you want to comment, by the way, on our YouTube channel and you're watching on YouTube at the MVP Show, you can to give your thoughts on any of the teams that we talked about in terms of the draft, maybe a steal of the draft, how Brennan's mock was not bad, right? Your mock draft overall? I think I got... I ended up doing a, another final one. Oh, did you? Um, I do in the day of, just because yes. obviously that's when we have the most information. I think I got um, maybe six picks. And I had the Bears trading up, but I didn't have them trading up as far as they did. So I had them taking a uh, position wise. I think I was about fifty fifty where teams taking the positions that they that they had, just sure. maybe not the right guys. Sure. Yeah, and maybe. you know what, six uh, yeah. isn't bad. That's nope. about what uh, that's what McShay did last year. Wow. So there you go. You gotta Thank get you, some John. money for it then. Yeah, man. I know. Right. Right. Someone should start paying me. <laughs> yeah. So that's our thoughts on the NFL draft. When we come back, we'll. We'll, we'll talk some more sports. We have a lot of guests lined up for this uh, final show in studio. We have Shlomo Sprung of Forbes and Awful Announcing at 1230. We have a special guest at 1250, and <laughs> which is just annoying, Brennan. And we have much more to talk about, so don't go anywhere. Whether you're watching or listening, this is the MVP Show. Missed that last song? Want to check out our music blog? Well, then log on to www.vicradio.org see our daily schedule take a look at our wide selection of specialty programming and learn more about our annual 50-hour marathon that's vicradio.org your online home for the best of what's next hey you can join me dj dog on the kickback listen to some classic rock tunes right here on vic Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. 
doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. Do you like listening to your favorite songs? Well, on We Got It Covered, you'll hear them, just not the originals. From pop to country to classic rock to musical theater and more, there's something for everybody to love. And we guarantee you'll be surprised to hear which of your favorite songs isn't actually an original. Tune in to We Got It Covered on Thursdays, 10 to midnight, right here on BIC. Up next on VIC, noon to one, it's the place to be. Talking sports with the MVPs, that's Miller, Vicari, and Pizzanti. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, whatever you need. The MVP show where you need to be. Sports radio on VIC, that's MVP. Sundays on VIC, that's MVP. Sports talk radio, I see. This is the MVP show. Dan Bizanti, Brennan Miller, and I'm John Vacari taking you up until 1 o'clock on VIC Radio. And we're also on YouTube. And you can find that link at the MVP show on Twitter, so many social medias. We also have a TikTok account, the MVP yeah, show, do. which we got to update a little more oh, regularly. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're there only as well. Before we get to our guest and MVP of the week and the things you tune in for, we do want to touch on something because it's breaking in terms of being this morning and it's something we usually do not cover at all to be honest which you know we're, we're not going to lie to you pretend we're experts pretend you know we, we we follow it on a regular day basis but in terms of some international soccer stuff pretty pretty crazy obviously we i think we touched on it a little i, I made a joke that uh because we were off air for i would say we, we missed the april 18th 19th week in terms of not being on air and the super league was formed by that time yes. and then also <laughs> disbanded so we literally <clears throat> didn't have a show when we knew it was a thing and when it was eventually canceled so showed the short tenure that it had but Brent, an international soccer story that I think is very, very interesting. Yeah, no. It, it, so this morning, uh, fans of Manchester United have been very, very upset with the the ownership of the team. Um, I want to find the last the Glazer family. So they have been very, like, incredibly upset. And, and a few days ago, ESPN put out an article about the fact that um, the the Glazer family was very concerned about their the next game that Manchester United was going to be playing uh, because there were there were rumors of protests and there were a lot of fans that were checking out rooms in the hotel in which the team stayed. So this morning, Manchester United and Liverpool, a big game, huge game in the Premier League, um, have been the game has been postponed because fans broke into the stadium. Um, there was such a, a a big protest. They said uh, around a thousand supporters outside the hotel where the team was staying. Um, the the fans broke through a a large metal gate, got into the stadium, got onto the field. They they didn't end up getting down into the locker room and and breaking quote unquote COVID protocol in the Premier League, um, whatever that may be, because every league has their their individual thing. Um, but. The, the fans, they're mad. They're really mad. And, and the fact that they broke into a league or broke into a stadium because uh, because this team, uh, Joel, Joel Glazer is the owner. He was the, the, the Super League, the, this, the Super League that died so quickly. He was the vice president. So he was a, 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 one of the people in charge of the Super League. And people are very, very, very mad that, uh, that he wanted to 
leave. He's uh, leave uh, the Premier League. He's already apologized to the fans, but obviously uh, it wasn't enough because they have quite literally uh, delayed a game between two of the top teams in the in the in the English Premier League. Yeah. You know Joe Glazer from Rochester, New York. Glazer family, the, the people who have a building here on this campus. Yeah. Same Glazers. Yes, I'm I, aware. N- I not know that. Yeah. That's why I just looked this up. Is, this is Ithaca News. <laughs> this is Ithaca News. So that, that's why we mentioned it. Yeah. That's very, yeah, very that's funny. Why we knew it at yeah. the start. We, I mean, honestly, it's it's as, like, I think, like, I don't want to say, like, transferable because that's, like, a soccer term, too. But, like, we can relate to it because we've had fans who just, you know, go crazy in terms of, uh, you know, certain things regarding decision-making for their teams. And it happens at the international level as well. And the world's game in soccer and, obviously, the Ithaca Italian. With uh, Glazer, which, yeah, I was like, because when you said Glazer ownership, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, that's not the same Glazer, probably. Yeah, and then, yeah, it is. Yeah, also is. owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Uh, and <clears throat> the supporters have never really, like, liked the Glazer family because when he initially bought them, bought Manchester United, mm-hmm. the way he did it, uh, it was a leverage takeover. Like, it wasn't a formal buyout of the team. Mm-hmm. So it sent the team into, like, Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of million dollars of worth of debt. <laughs> so the so the, yeah so the fans <laughs> not happy with him from the beginning in 2005 when he first bought the team, and now that he just tried to like take the team and just be like, ah, who cares about the history of of uh, the the Premier League and and the the hundreds of years that we've played this game? Let's just go make as much money as possible. Uh, fans still still not happy. Let's be super. Yeah, let's be let's, supers. Let's be supers. Because when everyone's super. Nobody, Nobody is. is. What is that movie, Dan? Brandon <laughs> knows it. Come on. I, 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 there's so much pressure right now. Why don't you just tell me the name? It's, it's okay. Well, it's it's a, a Disney Pixar movie. Is it Incredibles? Yes. It is. I, I, I was going to say that, Look but I was too there. scared to bring it up. Yeah, I knew that. My favorite part of just living with you people is when John will like reference a movie and then go, eh, Dan, what movie? <laughs> I'm just like, this is a lot of pressure right <laughs> it's now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, you know. <laughs> One of my worst traits, I'd say. But. Wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll take another break, and we're going to have a guest in Shlomo Sprung call, call in, I should say. And he's a writer who covers a lot in terms of sports media and also in the basketball world. We have a lot of questions to ask him. Been a reader of his a long time, and I know, Dan, you read Awful Announcing <clears throat> from time to time, too, and have stumbled on his stories. Brendan, you too, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely Should have just said all instead of just individually pointing. But yes, so huge <laughs> fan, and uh, we'll get him on after the break. So don't go anywhere. You are watching and listening to the MVP Show. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and the victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We have heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. VIC Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk about No, like, no, tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. Take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking. Okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. Up next on VIC, noon to one, it's the place to be. Talking sports with the MVPs, that's Miller, Vicari, and Pizzanti. 
NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, whatever you need. The MVP show where you need to be. Sports radio on VIC. That's MVP Sundays on VIC. That's MVP Sports Talk Radio VIC. Welcome back into the MVP show here on VIC Radio and on YouTube. Halfway through the show. And we have a special guest, and this man is a writer for Forbes Sports as well, and he's a senior contributor, not just a writer, and also does features for Awful Announcing. I enjoy him on Twitter because one day he'll be at a – pretty much he won't be at because he'll be over Zoom, but one of these press calls with a media company announcing a new deal, and he's giving quotes, and then the next day he'll be at the Barclays Center covering Brooklyn Nets basketball. But we are joined by Shlomo Sprung. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So in terms of what you cover, and obviously I mentioned a lot, this week was the NHL and Turner media rights deal. And for a lot of people, especially for me, I didn't think Turner was even a player in the NHL. I knew that NBC was looking to at least retain half of the rights. They had the full one and then lost it to ESPN when the deal ran out. But I thought it was really between NBC and Fox. Turner came out of nowhere, in my opinion. How did this all develop, and what are your thoughts on if it's good for the league? Well, I think Turner has kind of been lurking. They've always, they think they've always wanted to add like a, a property, and I think that their goal has always been to have, you know, some kind of sporting event or sporting product. Like basically, every day of the week, you're going to have hockey on, you know, Mondays or Wednesdays, and you're going to have, uh, you know, your wrestling. You're going to have your MLB package starting Tuesday nights in a season or two. Uh, you're going to have obviously the NBA on TNT. So you're going to have, you know, you know, sports basically every day of the week. And I think that's was important for TNT. And I think it's, you know, happens to be really good for the NHL as well, because TNT and Turner and with Bleacher Report and like House of Highlights, they have the ability to reach kind of a younger demographic that the NHL has kind of, I don't know, failed to reach for a long time you know the nhl has never really been that amazing at marketing itself and turner has a reputation for the most part of being able to really market its leagues and its players and i think the nhl being able to tap into that is a big win for them another thing on the uh on turner's the nba obviously and we wanted to get your thoughts and this is more not a media rights deal but dan you can go ahead in terms of your question and really relating to new york basketball right so i just kind of wanted to ask about you know um obviously the Nets um, have had a lot of stars um, that, that have joined the team. And um, suddenly, the New York Knicks are, are, are getting better. They're getting a lot better. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, do you think it's possible anytime soon that the Nets uh, ever eclipse the Knicks as maybe New York's team? Um, especially when, you know, maybe some people thought they would coming up, but now the Knicks are good. Just what, what are your thoughts on that overall? Well, I think that the main... Uh, word in your question is ever because it's not going to happen this year or next year or in you know five years from now but maybe if the nets win some championships here and you see you know kind of the younger you know generation of kids growing up now and they grew up with you know the nets being like that successful dominant team i think that's how you grow you know a successful and long-lasting fan base so you know we're not talking about you know three or five years from now, but maybe we're talking 10 or 15 years. You know, I grew up in the 90s when the Knicks were good, and so that helps, you know, my kind of age group 
you know, have that affinity for the Knicks and, you know, allows them to, you know, even root for the team, even though they've been suffering for the last 20 years. And so maybe you see, you know, if you're, you know, 8, 9, 10, you know, 12, 13 years old and you see the Nets, you know, competing for and winning championships possibly, then you see the Nets fan fan base growing organically in that way. Yeah, in terms in terms of the NBA, and that's something we've we've touched we've touched on, but definitely not anytime soon. And I thought because it, it's sort of funny, but you know, I, I in in terms of just how the kids in high school are, are wearing jerseys, I've definitely seen just being in New York, and I'm sure you've seen this too. A lot of first off, it was a lot of Golden State during their run, but a lot more in Brooklyn. But I think this year was a reminder to a lot of people how popular. Uh, the Knicks are definitely. Brandon, you have a question in terms of this weekend and sports media coverage, so. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to just uh, talk about the Derby a little bit. I mean, we got excited yesterday. Um, obviously, you never want to bet against a, a Baffert horse. But uh, what was what was it like for you, at least, personally watching the Derby and, and some of the coverage that that went into that and, and how in-depth they covered, covered the horses? I think, I think it's great that they can have the um, just the depth and the breadth of coverage on that day. It'd be cool to see, you know, it covered more than just Derby Day, but I don't think that's, you know, going to happen anytime soon. But I think that the big winner of the day are were definitely Tom Brady and his whatever evil outfit <laughs> or whatever the hell that was. Yeah. And obviously, the, I think the big winner of the day besides for Baffert was Steve Kornacki. Who yes. can basically just go in and basically it seems like he can do anything. You know, he can, you know, run the election boards and make like this nerdy white shirt and khaki pants combination <laughs> become like a sex symbol. He can do any, and, you know, NFL playoff projections and he could pick he could be the only one out of the eleven people who pick, you know, the Derby for NBC and pick the winner. So I think that he was a huge winner. We're just like in the age of Kornacki now. There's just no question about that. <laughs> Absolutely, 100 percent agree. One of those guys that uh, that moves the needle when he comes on the screen, right? He gets the people going. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. In in terms of other coverage and from this weekend, because obviously the Derby. I know you tweeted about Trey Wingo hosting the Fox NFL Draft. I didn't watch any of it. Obviously, there's so many draft options nowadays that your head spins. What draft coverage did you watch? And uh, and if it was Fox, uh, you know, h- how was that coverage? I watched the Fox coverage for a little bit. I, I think it was interesting to, to see, like, the diverse group of voices that they had. But like you guys said, it's just there are just so many options that it's hard to really kind of distinguish yourself among that. You know, Bleacher Report had Taylor Rooks and a bunch of other people do that as well. And so there's just so so many options that it's it's very hard and you know you putting all that money into it that it's you know what is that return on investment but you know you want to see you know you want to see your company doing something like you know and that's going to be diluted even further with you know sports gambling properties and, and people like that going into that as well when you see DraftKings paying $50 million to Dan Levitard to, to have his show you know sponsored like that so we're going to we're going to see that um, kind of diluted and even further in terms of content. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, th- I think Greenberg, too, in terms of first time for hosting, didn't do bad. But obviously, Trey Wingo was the longtime host going to Fox. I want to end the interview with this, and I'm sure this is a question you get a lot. 
But your Twitter bio says Jeff Van Gundy says I have the name of the century. I want to know the story behind this and if he pronounced your name wrong and if <laughs> just the, really the story behind your name because it's one of the things that you know popped out to me on awful announcing because I'd read it and I'd be like that's such a cool name <laughs> like you know I, I, I <laughs> just being honest but how how did that story with uh, JVG go? Uh, sure. It was, I think, the NBA final, I don't know how many years ago, six, seven years ago, and they had a, a media conference call, and it was my turn to ask a question. And, you know, I asked my question, and Jeff Van Gundy's like, well, hold up, hold up. Is that your is that your real name, or is that a stage name? Like, <laughs> I don't know how I would think of that as a stage name, you know, but, you know, he's like, oh, okay, you know, that, that's got to be the name of the century, and so I've kind of rolled with it since then. That is that is awesome, and it's... Awesome. In terms of guests, you're you're the guest of the semester, if that's all right. Not name of the century, but guest of the semester. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure there isn't much semester left, so no. I, I definitely appreciate that. All right. Th- th- thanks for hopping on. That was Shlomo Sprung of Forbes and Awful Announcing, who joined us on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right. So that was, again, Shlomo Sprung of Forbes and Awful Announcing. I, you know, I he's usually... Mainly, he doesn't really make media appearances in terms of just the writing, but I wanted to get him on just because there was a lot of stuff going on this week in media. And he's a guy I've been following for a while, and I wanted to make an in-studio show at least a guest. I mean, we're going to have the guest at 1250, of course. But <laughs> I, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought he had, I thought he had a lot of – I thought he – you're you're looking way too into this, by the way. But I think he had some great on, insight. Man. He's a Kornacki fan, which uh. yeah, I know. When he said that, I got so excited, uh. so excited because yeah. I'm a huge Kornacki guy, oh, and, and you. Uh, well, John, I'm surprised he didn't say anything, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I wasn't gonna. But like, he, he, I'm a fan of his, it, or, or not, not a fan, but like, besides, and he, believe me, he, him getting the Derby pick right impressed me a lot. Definitely bumped him up a lot of levels for me. But why he was there yesterday was just to read the odds and give certain stats, like and make with, a pick with the election coverage. Yes, I make a pick, which I know with the election coverage, it's telling me about the counties and the demographics of people in these counties. What is he telling me about odds, you know? But, hey, he got it right, so I think i got to shut my mouth. I Again, and you got to wear a suit. That's his whole look. That, like, oh, I'm holding a roll of paper, and I'm not a— It's it the same is. thing on the guy on CNBC who does the stocks. He's like, I'm cool because I don't wear a suit jacket, but I do have to wear a tie. And I'm, oh, I'm, you know. But, yeah. So so there you go. I'm, you know what, though, John? There's yeah. uh, i got to go yell clouds, I know. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> when we come back, yeah, there's, there's nothing you can transition out of that. When we come back, we will do our MVP of the week, a, a great week in terms of sports all around. And we'll say, and it could be not sports, it could be news, pop culture, anything. That's the way the segment goes. And then round out the show, we'll have a guest, and we'll reminisce about our time here doing a show in Sports with Nick oh. show, as well as the MVP <laughs> show for our last in-studio one. Not our final show this semester. We will have a remote one next week and then discuss our summer plans in terms of the show. But for this, uh, for in-studio for this semester, this is it. So make sure you're here for the last 20 minutes. You are watching or listening to the MVP show. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I meet places at our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to ready.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Are you feeling depressed, melancholic, 
experiencing a case of the Mondays. Blue, exhausted, emotionally drained, not excited, depressed, miserable, unhappy, dejected, or sad? Well, there's only one cure. Listening to Real Sad Lad Hours, Mondays from 10 to midnight on VIC Radio. Up next on VIC, noon to one, it's the place to be. Talking sports with the MVPs, that's Miller, Vicari, and Pizzanti. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, whatever you need. The MVP show where you need to be. Sports radio on VIC, that's MVP. Sundays on VIC, that's MVP. Sports Talk Radio, VIC. Welcome back in MVP show here May 2nd already in May hard to believe but we are here covering sports we talked a little NFL draft we talked a little international soccer which is not something we do every day and we had Shlomo Sprung hop on and talk all things sports and sports media but now it is time for our MVP of the week this is someone or something that we thought had a great week and a could be in news, sports, pop culture, entertainment, however you want to classify it, just something we saw and believe it deserves some props. Brennan, I want to start with you here for your MVP of the week one last time in the studio. Yep, my MVP of the week going to be Bob Baffert, yeah. the trainer of uh, Medina Spirit, last night's uh, Kentucky Derby winner. Baffert has had it. Quite a run here, huh? Yeah. He's he's one of the greatest trainers to ever live at this point in horse racing. And uh, another Kentucky Derby for him. Is that seven straight, I think, is the number? Something like that? Seven all-time. Seven all-time, yeah. yeah. Which makes him the most the most winning trainer in Kentucky Derby history. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. He trained American Pharaoh when Pharaoh went and won uh, the Triple Crown. He also trained Justify uh, after yep. that. He's just a, a legendary trainer, and you know you never bet against, as we mentioned uh, when our guest was on, never mention, never bet against a, a Baffert horse, because they are horses that, that know how to run on the big stage and uh, make some people a little bit of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. Dan, you want, you want to hop in? Oh, I wonder who those people are. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think my MVP this week has to be the Ithaca College women's lacrosse team. They went 12-1 and this season. The one Loss being in the Liberty League Championship yesterday, but they finished um, uh, you know, an undefeated season. That's not easy to do. Yeah. Um, they obviously won uh, a few games before the pandemic, then a few after, which uh, gave them quite a long winning streak there. Um, but, you know, that's an accomplishment, going undefeated all the way into the championship game. And there may not be a banner to hang for it, but that doesn't matter. You know, they really did have a fantastic season. I think they certainly deserve the MVP for uh, their season finishing yesterday. Yeah, you know what's tough? Bob Baffert was my first, and then I was going to drop to an Ithaca college sport for my second wow. backup. So now I'm just man. a man without wow. an MVP. But wow. I could this talk. Is what we get, this is what we get for not telling this each other. Is, this is. This is. And you know what? I was thinking when you mentioned Kentucky, I'm like, he might go Baffert, but he might not go. And then should have just done the horse. Just <laughs> the done horse. The horse itself. Medina Spirit. Medina Spirit is my MVP. <laughs> the horse looks great. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, I, I could I could talk on Baffert. I you pretty much touched on it though. He's the Bill Belichick of horse racing. Yeah, he uh, is. Honestly, I mean, wow. and, and it's so great because you look at both Belichick and you look at Baffert, and there was a stretch where they didn't have titles. You know, they'd make playoff appearances in Belichick's case during, you know, what I like to call the good times, where it was like pretty much 2005 to 15, where he had two Super Bowl losses versus the Giants and then a lot of conference championship losses to either Peyton Manning 
or Joe Flacco, and I'm missing one Ben Roethlisberger. But this past decade, it's been all Baffert, it's been all Belichick, and it's unbelievable. Now, what makes this exciting for me in terms of sport uh, horse racing? Because last year was just honestly the, the the last two years have been a mess. In 2019, it was the controversial Kentucky Derby finish with the horse that was it was bumped. And, you know, in, in terms of the lanes, and it was a whole thing, and it was a pretty much a long shot who won the Derby, and it was in rainy conditions, and it was a whole scandal and this and that. And then, really, you knew that for a Triple Crown bid, that wasn't going to happen. And then last year, they had it in September, I believe, the Kentucky Derby, and it got postponed due to COVID-19, and it just didn't feel the way it should, and it wasn't the first race in the Triple Crown, or, or Triple Crown order. It was a whole thing. So we're back to normalcy in terms of the Kentucky Derby, and even though you could argue that having another Triple Crown winner, especially three in the last six years, could be just taking people out of horse racing, to me, it's what brings people in for these summer months, the fact that a horse could have a Triple Crown. Obviously, it wasn't the same shock value or ratings with American Pharaoh because it was the first one, and also Justify had a lot. But you believe in Medina Spirit now because of who is training in Bob Baffert. John Velasquez is on the horse. You believe in it. So for me, it makes horse rele- horse racing relevant for like one more month, which is always appreciated. Okay. Also, I'm yes. changing my, my, oh, no, uh, thank my you. MVP Whoa. To, to Medina Spirit. Okay. Like, I just read the Wikipedia. Uh, he has his own horse. horse has a Wikipedia page? The horse has a Wikipedia wow. page. Wow. Yes. And there's lots of links to like the, the bloodline. Sure. Um, he sold... For the minimum one thousand dollars at a breeder's sale, like he wow. was not a horse that people expected to be able to run and win the Kentucky Derby, or else you know wow. people pay millions of dollars for these for these colts uh, to come out and run. Yeah, I know Medina Spirit, absolutely. Uh, from go, you know zero to hero here, a minimum one thousand dollar sale to now winning the Kentucky Derby in his three year old season. Wow. Yeah, that I'll is, change that it is up. cool. So I'll, I'll, I'll give do a Bob horse. A, I'll give a horse a trophy. Why not? <laughs> I'll give a, I'm sure. I'm sure Medina Spirit appreciates it. I'm a lot. sure. I'm, I'm sure he does. Yeah. I don't have my own Wikipedia page. It's pretty no, impressive. Right? Yeah. No. We actually Medina Spirits are special. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Medina Spirit, are you there? Let me go It's just a horse. No. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So so John. Yeah. Uh, if I'm looking at that time clock correctly. Yeah, it's twelve fifty. It says twelve forty nine fifty nine and now twelve fifty. Yes. Um, so I believe what you said was that at ten minutes left in the show, we yeah. have a special guest. Our, our guest is hopefully getting on the horn. If not, we got to BS for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Uh, in, in terms of our guest, it's, it's, it's going to be Gavin Miller. Let's go! And he's hopefully getting on the line soon for the last 10 minutes. And we say goodbye. It might be a goodbye where Gavin just YouTube chats. Maybe he doesn't want to talk to us. But we want to just pretty much remember the last, uh, you know, our last show in studio, our whole run here. We'll take a quick break, regroup, and then, uh, you know, go down memory lane. <laughs> here on VIC and on YouTube. Love listening to all kinds of music? Get your fix of pop, rock, and alternative finds on The Mix. From chart toppers to garage bands and everything in between. Tune in Fridays 6 to 8 p.m. for The Mix. Only on The Vic. I would do anything for love. Like catch a grenade, jump in front of a train, watch The Bachelor, slaying a fire-breathing dragon, or tuning in to Nothing But Love on VIC Radio Tuesdays 11 to midnight. 
up next on VIC. Noon to one, it's the place to be. Talking sports with the MVPs. That's Miller, Vicari, and Pizzanti. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, whatever you need. The MVP show where you need to be. Sports radio on VIC. That's MVP Sundays on VIC. That's MVP Sports Talk Radio VIC. And welcome back into the MVP show. Last 10 minutes on the clock and then... Coming up after us is Follow the Herd on VIC, but you are watching or listening to the MVP show on our YouTube page and on VIC Radio, and we appreciate the fact that you do. And on the line, we have a longtime listener, yeah. not even a first-time caller. Gavin has been on the show yes, before, but we do have Gavin Miller, Brennan's brother. It's Brennan's last in-studio appearance, and uh, Gavin's called in to, I don't know, congratulate <laughs> you, make some jokes, but Gavin, welcome on in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Ga- Gavin, by the yeah. So, yeah, uh, I wrote a little piece out for the boys at oh IC. Um, pretty formal of me. But really? uh, I just want to start out by saying that, yeah, probably one of the biggest fans. I've tuned a lot of time in uh, both shows. Um, I dedicated this call not only to congratulate my main man on a great college broadcasting career, but to also thank the rest of the boys uh, for always supporting me over the years. I'm all the way back to the Sports with Nick show laughing at when I roasted Nick, uh, supporting me at my sectional game, surprising me doing that, uh, to let me tag along to the Cortica game, what an event that was, and to most recently attending my grad party, making that a blast. Uh, lots of memories there. I can't forget uh, my boys, Ben and Jaden. Got to give them a special <laughs> shout-out, too. They're sleeping. Uh, boys. Uh, they've also been there through the years. So... Uh, I know it's been tough losing Nick um, with the show. <laughs> it hasn't, but thank you. Losing Nick. And, I, and it'll probably be tough losing Brennan, like, yes. or it may not be. Uh, I, I don't really know. But anyways, good luck to you um, and the rest of the boys in the rest of the years I see. And then into your careers, uh, just remember me when you get famous. <laughs> and also, I'd like to add my MVP of the week. Um, basically because I'm like part of the show. So I thought I should just add my of MVP course. of the yep. week. So my MVP of the week is or are the boys that I see, wow. especially the MVP show for helping me procrastinate my homework on Sundays. Wow. Thank you. Anytime. We appreciate it. I, I don't even know where to go from there, Gavin. That was a perfect phoner, man. Thanks for hopping on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, thank you for uh for letting me surprise the, the main man. Oh yeah. Thanks, yeah, Gavin. Mission accomplished, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm sure he'll tune in so uh, he can hear. Are you all right? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man, <laughs> I made that whole thing earlier about how I'm not like a sentimental guy. Yeah. And he doesn't write, he doesn't write stuff down. <laughs> like that's, that's what got me. The fact that he like, took, <laughs> the fact that he like took time to write something. <laughs> I did not think, I did not want to do this to you. I feel so, no, I feel terrible. Fine. No, you're fine. I want to make fine. this last show special because it is, I mean, listen. We, as uh, us three, we did not know each other before going to this college. Uh, literally, I was in the intro to Jern with Dan, and Dan was not my roommate freshman year. He was a couple houses uh, or a couple rooms down. And he just, like, he knew that he got an email from Nick, and he didn't want to tell me, like, if I didn't get it. So we just he just sort of said, hey, did you, uh, you get an email from that Nick guy? And I was like, yeah. 
And he's like, awesome. So we're on the same show, and Nick Nick put us together. And then I met this guy <laughs> the day before our first Sports with Nick show with his live football. And I was like, oh, you know, he seems like a good guy, this and that. And obviously, he's got to be good. They put him in the booth uh, to start us here at, at Bombers Live and in Ithaca. And... You know, I was like, hey, it's a pretty good freshman class. This, seemed, this guy seems cool. And then we come in, Dan and I do, for the first show, and Brennan's sitting there. And I'm like, geez, I can't escape this guy. I guess I'm going to have to know him because he was he's, he's part of Bombers Life Football, and now he's the third guy that Nick chose. And, you know, from there, we've, we've, uh, we drove Nick crazy and, and put his radio show, you know, some would say to a tremendous height. Others would say to the ground. I think it's depends who you ask. And uh, just kidding. And hey, we want a plaque. <laughs> yeah, we want a plaque. We, we want the best plaque. radio show. We do. And you know, and then from there we had a radio show, and, and uh, I, you know, obviously it was over Zoom, and I, and I know it was tough, and I know I talk too much at times, and uh, <laughs> I apologize for that. But you know, I. It's uh, it, it's been a run. It's been a run, and we you know, I I so wish we could do this again next semester, but you know, and we all graduate at weird times, and it's all complicated. But and oh. and, the, and this year in the world has been something. But I'm glad we got to, uh, I'm glad we got to do this show together. Dan, anything you want to add? I'm sure Bren's a little. Uh, I think you could add stuff too. I'm getting it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's together. <laughs> yeah, it's been. I mean, obviously it's been fun, or else I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, it's been a it's been a constant. Not too many things are constant these days in the world in general. Um, so it's a, uh, it's been nice, you know. Thinking back to the days of Nick, where we would yell about the Giants, and um, uh, <laughs> he'd give me a few minutes to yell about Giannis or something like that, and the the plaque that we have, um, all the forehead jokes at the uh, Just Desserts. It's been a, <laughs> been a wild ride throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> it really has. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. No, and I think that's the thing that is getting me is that the fact that. Like you said, and it has been so constant um, over over the weekends, and obviously not just for the three of us, but obviously Gavin as well, who's mm-hmm. <laughs> tuned in uh, to every show and, and you know took time out of his day to to be on. But no, it's it's this is definitely something that I'm gonna miss. It's not often that you get to sit here and talk sports for an hour with uh, three three of your best or two of your best friends. So. Uh, <sighs> Man, <laughs> I really didn't think that, that this was going to get me. Um, and it, I, and this is not the first time that I've done something like this. I had my last ICTV show earlier this week, and and I was fine uh, through the whole thing. Yeah, didn't have any, didn't have any issues. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I love you guys, and and this will not be the last time that any of us are behind a mic with one another. It's not going to be the last time that we work together. Um, Obviously, and and I say that you know, knowing that we have a show next week, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, exactly. but obviously in in studio, uh, this this is this is my last time in studio, and 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 you know, it takes some time for these things to sink in. But uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys so much for the last uh, last few years, and and it means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a minute left. I don't. I don't know where to go from there. But this was fun. I hope you know everyone tuned in this whole semester. And I, you know, it's 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 been an adjustment. Believe me, especially you know, I wanted to keep doing the show during the fall and doing it on Zoom and adjusting the audio and then not being HD half the time. And and there's and there's people out there, whether they be friends, family, or just you know. Uh, uh, you know, some random people have even reached out and they've consumed our show once, you know, and and uh, we appreciate it because, you know, we, we, we try and do this. We we do a lot, in ter- and this is not a humble brag, but we, we do a lot in terms of our, our media careers, but this has been something that I think has all made us better. We You know, Dan, you mentioned it. We have fun doing it. And 
you know, I, I, I don't think there was one episode that we didn't want to do. Even when it was in the fall, we had to wake up on Saturday mornings and do a recorded show just to do a live show the next day because it was a half an hour. And, you know, I... I don't, Even when we didn't have the uh, the twelve to one time slot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on a Sunday morning, yeah. Whoops. So yeah, I mean, we started at eight a.m. with Nick, and now we're in the uh, in the driver's seat at noon. But uh, again, we appreciate everyone for tuning in, especially to this episode. We will be back with a remote one next week, and it'll be you know on YouTube on VIC Radio, not live, obviously recorded the day before. But in in terms of this show, anything else we want to add before we sign off? I'm good. Okay. No, I'm good. I haven't said I haven't done one yet. I'm not going to do one now. Okay. This has been the MVP show on YouTube and VIC Radio. Follow us at the MVP show. And again, thank you for watching and listening. For Dan Bizanti and Brendan Miller, I'm John Vicari. Have a good rest of your Sunday.